We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter-Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. Gabe, there's so much going on. Obviously, I'm in the gym. Where else would I be during basketball season? So uh, forgive the uh, basketball noises in here, but that's the best I can do today so we can get our pod in this week because... There's so much to talk about. WNBA free agency. Obviously, some ridiculously good college games, overtime games, uh, one possession drama, drama, you know, games. So let's just, I guess, start with the WNBA, right? And the free of it all. Well, this is kind of perfect. I mean, the podcast is called Courtside. Chrissy (laughs) is currently Courtside. We're talking about the WNBA. Uh, there, there are WNBA players in or, or around wherever Christy is in the in the Wizards practice facility. So I think this is a great setting for a podcast. Personally, yeah, it's fun courtside, like yeah. legit, like you know, literally courtside. We've done we've done it a couple times, legit we courtside. Have. We have. So. We got to do it again together. But this is where yeah. we. Are. <laughs> That's oh god. But it's fine. Guess, guess who's working out behind Christy? It's a member of a... just her, yeah. Oh, don't tell him. Do I was going to make it a game. Oh, you say it. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's get into it, though. Obviously, big big news. Big, the biggest news yeah. that, uh, honestly, like some of the biggest news we could possibly get on this podcast. Uh, yeah. John Quill Jones is on her way to New York to become a member <laughs> of the Liberty. I will uh, sum up the trade here. Actually, I have a thing for this. Okay. Another thing, here is the screenshot if you're watching on YouTube of the trade uh, oh, wow. from Alexa Philippou. Uh, so we got New York getting John Cole Jones and Kayla Thornton. Uh, they send Beck, Beck Allen and the sixth overall pick to Connecticut. Connecticut also gets Ty Harris from Dallas. Dallas then gets Natasha Howard from New York and the rights to Crystal Dangerfield again from wow. New York. Uh, huge, huge 
major massive trade with all three teams. Yeah. Um, I, I think we should take this first from the team that's, you know, gaining the most here in John Quell. What do you yeah. think of New York uh, getting the former MVP? Oh, my gosh. I think it's a phenomenal move, uh, you know, just to anybody who gets John Quell Jones, whether she stayed oh, yeah. in Connecticut or moved somewhere else, like she's going to impact that team. I mean, she's a former MVP, for goodness sakes. And just what she's able to do at 6-6 game, I mean, she just changes the game in so many ways on both sides. So, uh, just going to New York, playing alongside Sabrina Inescu, the one-two punch of that alone is intriguing, uh, to say the least. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see that dynamic as the season progresses yeah. and the chemistry between, in particular, those two develop. Um, I think it's going to be fun to see. But, wow, uh, Connecticut, uh, just looking at the ramifications of that on the other end, you know, Jasmine Thomas now in L.A., like there, there are so yeah. many things, like, that team is going to be completely different. And Stephanie White is the new coach there. So there's a lot of things I'm intrigued by with that move, obviously with what New York looks, obviously with what New York looks like, but also what Connecticut looks like as well. Well, and for Connecticut, they were kind of pressed into this because John Quell uh, requested a trade and then she, they allowed her to meet with the prospective teams to see what you would fit best. And, right. and then she decided on New York, so it was the only trade partner they had. So they have as much leverage. Uh, and and John Cole, you know, they want to put John Cole where she wants to be, both because they're a good organization who wants people to be happy, right. um, and right. 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 and because she shares an agent with both Alyssa Thomas and Bree Jones. So mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously her agent is going to be wheeling dealing with all three of them, and then two of them are going to stay in Connecticut with the news that Brianna Jones got cord. So yeah, obviously we have a lot to talk about with Connecticut and I want to get into that Jasmine Thomas trade and what they're going to look like. Um, but it, with New York, so you mentioned Sabrina Nescu, John Cole Jones. I mean, that's could really draw up a, a better pairing for either of them. I think they, they're both really going to benefit from that. Sabrina just growing into her pick and roll abilities and understanding, you know, how to get people open and where her reads are. And, and she's continued, got better in that and yeah. shooting really will change the game and allow John Quell to get to the rim a lot more, hopefully, and vice versa, right? John Quell yeah. shooting um, is going to be is going to be a better fit with Sabrina than, you know, like Natasha Howard's, uh, the, the player they sent out. Natasha Howard's a great player, just not quite the shooter, not quite the big, not quite the everything of John Quell Jones, because we're talking about an MVP candidate here. Exactly. Um, so they just got a lot better in that regard. And you look at, you know, Everything else around this trade, they didn't, they gave up a lot. They gave up Natasha Howard, who was a star player for them. Um, they gave up Beck Allen, who's a starter for them, a really, really good starter for them. The sixth overall pick in this right. draft, and it's a kind of weak draft, but you know that that's a pick that they could use. And the rights to Chris Dangerfield, who was a another player who started for them last year. Right. But in the grand scheme of things, to get a player of John Quell Jones's caliber, you know, it, this just doesn't happen often that these players are available in a trade and they just want to come to your team, you know, that is just not a situation that occurs very often. And they did great for it. And this is probably like, you know, the biggest trade since, uh, maybe not the biggest trade. Let me see. But probably since Elena Deldon, right? Absolutely. I mean, when Elena was in Chicago, she had been an MVP in Chicago, right? So with John Cole Jones having earned an MVP honor, I would say it's definitely on par with a move like that. And you know, MVPs, when they relocate, that's a major deal. I don't care who it is. Like, you're MVP of the league for a reason. That means you've been uh, a dominant force in the league. So, um, 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say it was very comparable to uh, Deladon. Yeah. And her move to DC. And you saw what happened with that, with the championship in 2019. <laughs> I mean, what? It's a, a complete complete franchise changing, right? Yes. When you get a player of this caliber in, you know, it changes your entire culture, your entire franchise, and changes everything about you. And, you know, you look at the Mystics. They, so that trade happened in 2017. You know, two two years later, they've already been to the finals twice. They win the finals. You know, yeah. they now have built this team, even right. in the absence of um, – edd for so long in the in that stretch they've still been able to rely on her to build the culture so you look at that i think you're going to see a similar effect uh in new york i think john qual is going to become a bigger star in new york which is something she wanted to do last year um it's great for the game like this is just like this is really good for the WNBA to have john quell and sabrina in new york just like flat out it's really good and then kayla thornton's a really good basketball player and they kind of seem to pluck her out of nowhere. Um, you know, and she's struggled from three last year, but she's shown that she can shoot three. She's shown that she can be a three D type of player. I think she's gonna be really big for them. So just amazing trade all around for her. Yeah. Well, I think A plus. Absolutely A plus. And I also think with, with John John Quell's presence there, I think it's going to really free up Sabrina, right? Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways where they can partner up on the same side of the floor and make teams make tough decisions so i think there's a lot of schematic things that that we need to look for once the season begins with those two playing with one another and and what that looks like for the team as a whole i mean they're a super young team right and and to Mm -hmm. have her to be a a plug and play i mean well i mean sabrina what is she in her third year fourth year coming up fourth right yeah sabrina's in her last year of the rookie contract rookie contract right so i mean relatively speaking i mean they're not rookies, but they're not, you know, eight, nine, ten year players uh, on that roster for the most part. So not yet, not yet. But, but I'm saying, but like, Christy, it's a good thing. Let me pull out my Lee Corso pen. Uh oh, not so fast, my friend. This team's oh, no. not done. They also opened up cap space in this deal. They opened up oh. about forty-four thousand dollars of cap space. Oh wow. They have space to bring in a a super max player perhaps one that we've talked about on this oh. podcast a couple times when it comes to New York. One, uh, you know, I don't know if you've heard of her. Don't know if you've heard of her. A little, little Stewie action. <laughs> a, little, a little Stewie and John Quill Jones. I mean, oh it's, it'd be a problem folks. Now let's not get ahead of ourselves. Obviously, you know, the rumors are going to, you know, go around yeah. and we, I've been on this rumor for a while. You of, have Brianna Stewart to New York. Yeah, um, but, but even it's... even past that, they've also been in talks with Courtney Vandersloot, apparently. And apparently, someone someone mentioned. I don't know. I don't know if this is true. Rumors or just someone saying this on Twitter. Who said that? Someone said she's like willing to take a, a minimum deal to come to New York. Oh wow! Wow! And it's like all right, we're we're um, verging into big three territory. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say that happens. with the Liberty. That's gonna be tough. That happens. I mean, plug and play is not you know necessarily what it would be but that would be a that would be oh, really fun to see if that dynamic works out the three of them that's plug that's, that's plug in a championship i believe yeah that's, that's yeah. plug and win <laughs> yeah and but, the, and so but outside of that though even without granite Stewart, they still have plenty of space so we're going to see this new york team's going to be very different i think by the end of a free agency agreed um, agreed now let's get we can talk about connecticut a little bit more because yeah. you know, 
this uh, starting five has been together for what? I mean, not the okay, starting okay. five, but most of it. The four Seven, of them. eight years. A long time. Is that legit? All- like, I'm, I'm just off the top of my head. It's probably statistically not... Hundred percent sound, but I'm thinking at least seven years minimum, if, maybe eight. I I feel like that is what it. It, it definitely feels that way. I mean, uh, let's. Uh, yeah, I mean, 2014. John Quell. Yeah. John Quell's a little younger than everyone, so it's really when she came along. Yeah. That they they really took their next step, and that was uh, about 2017 because 2016 okay. she was a rookie. So 2017 is is the year that Chanae was hurt and and she stepped in. So. Right. Five years of this team just being really, really solidly good, consistent. Now you look at it, Kurt Miller's gone to Los Angeles. John Cole Jones is in New York. Kurt Miller took Jasmine Thomas to Los Angeles in a trade in which Connecticut gave up Jasmine and the number 10 pick in this year's draft for uh, Olivia Nelson and Dota, Jasmine Walker, and the rights to Kiana Smith. So maybe they think Olivia Nelson and Dota is better than anyone in, in this draft, but. That is not a lot of return uh, for a player of Jasmine Thomas' caliber. So experience, yeah, yeah. You're but looking at this. Team. Want their point guards? Coaches want their point guards. That's what that is. Kurt wanted Jasmine in LA, right? And, and maybe it was another situation where they were, you know, we didn't, we haven't heard that you know she requested a trade or anything, but maybe they came to her and was like, hey, you know, we're going to look to trade you. Do you want to go to LA? And, and maybe that was the answer. Yes, and maybe they're doing right by her, and that's why it explains the the low return, but. Um, I don't know. What does this team look like? Because they 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 cord uh, <laughs> they cord Bree Jones. She's gonna be there. Liz Thomas will be there. Dewana yes. Bonner will be there. Be there. Natisha Heideman still under contract. Right. Um, Which past is- that, I don't. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's Nia Cloudman time. Oh, there you go. You got to pull out that shirt. Wait, whose shirt do you have on today, though? Oh, uh, I have Cola Bad Bear from Montana State. Uh, so I made a joke about her on some podcast earlier this year. And Dano, my guy, Dano, shouts to Dano, um, got me this shirt. Also, shouts to everyone who commented on our 100th episode. Thank you, guys. It made me oh, feel really yeah. happy. I got to send this to Chrissy. This is uh, 101 right now. Someone, someone said their favorite thing for me to do was to uh, put you on the spot for predictions. So I made you that. <laughs> really? And have you and then have you panic briefly? Yeah, that's me. That sounds about right. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry for the, the long detour. I want to get your thoughts. So, what does Connecticut look like? Like, what what do you think they are going forward? Well, I think they look totally different. Obviously, um, I mean, they didn't have Jasmine Thomas last year because of her knee injury, right? Um, after a, a couple of games in, but at the same time, you know. Without John Quill Jones, they're totally different too. So it's like you take the the bookends, if you will, mm-hmm. position wise away for this team. Right. And Stephanie White, I mean, she's a fantastic basketball mind. So I know that it would be interesting to see how she makes those adjustments without those bookends of players on the court. But I think it's going to be interesting to see um, the new pieces and the chemistry of of them fitting in with the remaining players on the roster. So. Uh, I'm just anxious to see that, I think, um, and to see what Stephanie White does with the puzzle pieces and, and how long it takes for them to to regroup themselves in terms of chemistry, because I think it's going to take some time to do that, um, especially without those two key pieces to your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm anxious to see. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it, but it's also um, 
it's going to be quite a project, I believe, to have Connecticut, who was a perennial team that was, you know, deep into the playoffs, if not the finals, um, you know, to be able to, to regroup and redevelop a different style, even, because mm-hmm. it's a different style without John Paul Jones. It's a different style without Jasmine Thomas on the court. So I just think it'll be it'll be interesting to see what the personality of this team is. And it may take until the all-star break of the WNBA season to actually see it. But at the same time, I, I think um, it'll be a good thing. I think it'll be a good thing. Well, you know, and, and and what a situation for Stephanie White to walk into. I mean, you know, you come to – and she probably knew. They probably told her, like, hey, this is what's going to happen. We're, right. we're going to have to change things up because we, we have we just have to move – we have to move on from the era that we had. Right. Um, but, I mean, this is going to be Alyssa Thomas's team now, you know. And she – it's a, it, ha, it has been her team. It has been her team. She is going to have, you know, pretty much unfettered ability to, to do what she wants with this team. And – I still think that front court lacks shooting. Obviously, you have Alyssa Thomas who doesn't shoot. Uh, Jones, not a shooter. Right. Uh, Dewana Bonner's up and down with the three-point shot. Last year was really good, um, yeah. but has been up and down in her career. So it lacks some shooting. So you're going to need guard shooters. But th- that three in the front court, like that's going to still be hard to beat. You know, exactly. It's going to be still. That's going to be still a, a tough trio to beat down low. I think they're going to be really strong. I think Alyssa Thomas, you know. Hey, maybe this is the year that she breaks through in the MVP race. And and because she's the absolute best player and she's just driving everything and taking the ball to the rim, being the engine, uh, yeah. as you as you like, you know, hey, maybe maybe the that's A-train. where yeah. the A train, you know, and we've seen her do it in the past and it's, it's been great. Um yeah. and it gets tougher without John Quell because of the spacing, but I also think it's it a little easier for her just to say, because she knows she this is her team. Like she is the best player. She doesn't feel like she has to get some involved if she doesn't want to. She can take it on her own. Exactly. No, no doubt. And I think, you know, I think she wants that. I mean, this is the point in her career where I feel like it's a good move for her to be in this role and to embrace oh, yeah. it. it is her team and it's time for her to move in that space. Um, you know, knowing how competitive she is, knowing how disciplined she is to her work ethic, knowing how she pushes through with her with her with her shoulder situations uh you know not a lot of people can do that so just to know what her mental makeup is i think the challenge in front of her is is immense but it is welcomed by a player like Alyssa thomas who thrives in in moments like that and in opportunities like that to grow as a competitor so i think it's going to be really fun to to watch her in that space uh, with this team it's gonna be fun to see, you know, John Quell in a different place. It's gonna be fun to see Jasmine in a different place. It's fun to see Kurt in the sunshine. He's gonna yeah. have a great tan. Oh, guys, he's gonna be wearing. He can just wear the Hawaiian shirts all year. <laughs> all he can just the wear time. them all year at the store, um, at the games. <laughs> so I think it's gonna be. I, obviously, I think Connecticut got worse. I mean, you know, you trade Jasmine oh, Thomas yeah. to trade John Quell Jones. No way you didn't get worse. But maybe there's a way for them to get back into uh, contention. And now I want to talk about the third team in this trade, Dallas. Yeah. Uh, and I want to talk about them in two regards. Not only what they did in the John Cole Jones trade, but then in their trade of Alicia Gray. So right. last week, I believe I may have said that I don't think Alicia Gray is getting traded because I wouldn't trade her. As always, Gabe is wrong. Um, so <laughs> Not always, just sometimes. Like me. Often, often. Often Gabe is wrong, and uh, <laughs> she does get traded to Atlanta. We still don't know the terms of that deal, I think, because yeah. – 
Uh, it involves future draft capital, which is unusual. Ah. So teams can trade future draft picks, uh, you know, not just this upcoming draft, but in the next you know, two drafts, I believe. And that can't happen until tomorrow, the 21st. So maybe we'll get right. details on that tomorrow um, when the calendar turns. But uh, it's gonna, it seems like it's a lot of draft capital going Dallas's way in return for Alicia Gray. Um, yeah. The dream picking up Gray, but Dallas – you know, I just want to talk about where they're headed for a sec because they pick up Natasha Howard, who I think is a really good fit with their current core. Yeah, I'm not sure Crystal Dangerfield fits into their plans, but it's nice to have her rights in case they strike yeah. out on some other point guards. Yeah, I just I don't understand getting draft picks when yeah. you want to win now. So I'm wondering if they're trying to wheel and deal and find a different another player to use that draft capital on. Yeah, that's a great question because I mean talk about the beginning of last season and Crystal Dangerfield mm -hmm. going from team to team, right? Mm -hmm. Remember that? Yeah. Um, it's just tough. Like it, it's hard to find your niche, especially as a, a guard in the league and, and which teams need what from you. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's going to be a difficult um, meshing for her. But not impossible. So another thing to, to watch for as the season unfolds. But at the same time, you know, financially speaking, like what you said, you know, what's that going to look like and how will that be for her as well? But I think just player personnel wise, like how does her skill set match what they want to do? And I don't know. That's that's the question of the day, and I think it just remains to be seen once yeah. the season begins. Like what what it looks like, right? Like yeah. on, paper, on paper, it's like doesn't look like it. It feels like meshy. If that's the word yeah. I'm just gonna use, it doesn't feel meshy just on paper. But that doesn't mean once the season begins and they actually are on the floor that the chemistry piece surprises us or the chemistry yeah. piece is is better than than it looks on paper. Well, they should have good chemistry, frankly. I mean, they they are adding the big the big piece they're adding is is Natasha Howard, but yes, you know, she's pretty easy to add, honestly. Like I would think, you know, it it depends on what else happens. I assume trading Alicia Gray means they're uh, you know intent on locking up Mabry, maybe yes. McCowan as well. Yes, um, not entirely sure how much I love the Howard McCowan um, front court, but that's a tough defense to score that's on. Yeah, and you put that around Enrique Gumbawale, you know, players you can get down the lanes, especially Howard with Mabry. I, I think it's a really interesting dynamic, and if Satu Sabali can be healthy, now we're talking about a team that can really compete yes. in, in Dallas. And we'll see what happens with the draft capital, because that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, okay, we are here at this point with Dallas that you want to win, right? At some yeah. point, you got to win. Like At some now. point, you got to start winning. Like right. now, you made it to the playoffs last year. Like, take the next step. So I, I don't know if that draft capital that they got, I'm right. sure they'll try to keep some of it. But I think they're going to try to move some of it for, for a player maybe who falls through the cracks or someone or some team unexpectedly signs a right. player in their position and they got to move them. So I think there's plans there for Dallas. And I think they're not quite done uh, in free agency either. And I'm excited to see where they go because that's a – Yeah, agreed. That, that's a franchise that should be uh, – doing better I think. yeah be yeah but it's time you know i think it, it takes a minute just to get the the pieces it's it's about personnel you yeah. know and and not just that it's about personnel and how well and how quickly 
they mesh together and how quickly they can uh, have that chemistry and the synergy yeah. on both sides, on both sides. It's not every time, you know, you say chemistry, you're thinking offense, you know, offensively, like, yeah. but there's also defensive synergy you have to consider as well. Like, what kinds of things can you do defensively with the pieces that you have? Can you switch one to five or can you only switch one to three? Can you switch <laughs> at all? Um, I would so hope they can switch. Right, but that's that's the chemistry part of it, right? It's not just, you know, who can score. Like, if you're in the WNBA or any league, for that matter, NBA, can you put the ball in the basket, I think, is at the top of the list. But that's like a common denominator at this point, right? Yeah. How well do, how well do you fit with the team that you're on de- defensively? Natasha Cloud has the loudest she workout I've ever heard. Fun. There's no – She's working. <laughs> I just heard the nets, so she fixed whatever she yelled about. <laughs> yeah, good, good, good. Uh, but sorry, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think, and hopefully they they can um, mesh together. And, and like I said, I, I don't think it's that crazy to think that they will. Um, right. But it is, and now it's like also getting on uh, Rika Gumbawale's shoulders to kind of be not MVP, but like I mean, close. she's so. Like, She's so good. She's still- you know, face to face, like you know, on the court, it's like she's very well defended and makes these incredibly tough shots. That's when you know you're in, in an elite level, oh. right? When, oh, yeah. when you see that happen. So yeah. You know when you're at, but she could also be better at kicking out. Like that's my other thing. It's like get in the paint, kick out, because if yep. she has shooters around yep. her, it's gonna look. And, and that's what she she did that a lot last year before she got hurt at the end of the year. And yep. they were like so offensively fourth last year. Good, that's good enough. If you're fourth right. in offense, you're good enough. Right. Ninth defensively can't be ninth in defense. Just can't be. The teams who made the playoffs were all good in defense. So you yeah. got to be able to to step up and be a better defense. Natasha Howard helps in that regard. Losing Alicia Gray hurts in that regard. We'll see what they made up for it in the trade. I, I want to take it from Atlanta's perspective with Alicia Gray, too. I mean, this is interesting um, because obviously this team is still really young. They're, they have five players in the contract. So uh, Cheyenne Parker, Daniel Robinson, who they just traded for, Ari McDonald, Ryan Howard, and Nas Holman. Those, those are the only five players in the contract in Atlanta right now. Oof. But you put Ryan Howard and Alicia Gray together yeah. on the perimeter, we're talking about a really scary defense. That's legit. That's legit. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's legit. I mean, when you have players who bear down on the defensive end that way, I mean, and their attention to detail. I mean, when you're talking about Ryan Howard and the rookie season that she had, rookie of the year right um and and it's not just her offensive prowess it goes back to what i was just saying about your defensive energy and the understanding of what you provide as a defender and now like you said adding gray side by side with her i mean i think that can rival you know what's here in dc right yeah and Tosh can't hear me, but with, <laughs> with Cloud yeah, and Atkins, you know, it's like it's it's a difference maker when you have yeah. players who who understand that's what you need from them, right? Mm-hmm. And they have pride in in that side of the court and uh, on that side of the court and and what they what they want to bring, what they want to be held accountable to bring, day in and day out, like not just yeah. in game but in practice, like working each other over. Right, no one gets a pass. Like we're we're gonna give it to you in practice. Like you're not gonna be able to get by. 
and, oh, yeah. and that's why that's why the great defensive teams get better because it's iron sharpens iron at the end of the day and practices they're going at each other with that level of physicality and energy and focus so you know obviously in atlanta that's what they're gonna <laughs> that's what they're gonna have there too the uh and, and i i think um so what you said like this could rival you know, one of the better defensive backcourts yeah. if, if Ryan Howard continues to improve on that. End. But I think the other thing for this, for Atlanta's perspective is like having Alicia Gray mentor Ryan Howard at this yeah. age and just teaching her, you know, how to do the extra preparation, where to look, what are you looking for? Like how to be most efficient in that preparation is really going to make her that much better along with making this team really good. And I say this, I say this moves interesting because you think of Atlanta and you think of future, right? So we're talking about, Ryan Howard as, as a future superstar talking right. about Nas Hillman as a player who could grow into, you know, Hey, maybe, maybe not a starter, but a really solid bench place. Ari McDonald's a, a pretty good point guard. Maybe she ends up being a backup. She's a really good backup point guard. If that's yeah. the case. So, that. so, so you think, right? Like, okay, Atlanta shouldn't be the team giving up draft capital. Atlanta should be the team, you know, kind of, kind of looking at it and saying, okay, we'll take a step back and we'll wait our turn. They're not waiting their turn. They're putting no. their foot on the gas. They're bringing Alicia Gray in. I'm sure they're doing more in free agency. I'm sure there's right. there's stuff they have down down the ballot because they wouldn't give up draft picks if they if they didn't think that they would be getting players to compete this year, yeah. next year, whenever. Because soon as soon as Ryan Howard's ready to compete, they want to be able to compete, which I think is smart. And, and this goes to another thing I want to talk about mm-hmm. is like the changing landscape of the WNBA. Okay. Because obviously we talked about Connecticut. Connecticut's mm-hmm looking like they're going to drop back a little bit. Right. Uh, we look at, you know, a team like Chicago. If WNBA free agency goes crazy and Courtney Vanessa leaves, Ken Sparker leaves, that crazy. <laughs> that's a team That's a team that's going to take a step back as well. You look at Seattle, another team that yeah. is potentially taking a step back if free agency goes insane. And you look at Phoenix, and Phoenix is, is, a, is a wild card just because we all know about Brittany Griner's um, health and condition. Obviously, we hope that her and Diana can can circle the wagons, but no Skylar Diggins Smith. So that's another right. team that you're looking at their talent level, and you're saying, well, they also took a step back. And, and Skylar, I'm guessing there's going to be a trade for Skylar soon, just because that's the right you know, wall. She wants to, right? And she's expecting, right? Yeah, Second and she's going to be out for she's going to be out for uh, some time uh, this year. Not un- unsure about how long, but like seems like she's yeah. going to be out for some time. So. Phoenix and the team. So we're talking about four teams there that could be moving back. Right. And Atlanta's looking at this and saying, why can't we be a team that moves up? Right. And I think that's really, that's really interesting. Yeah. Say that last part again, because Tasha was yelling. Just the last part. <laughs> can't hear. So, so, so Atlanta's looking at those four teams saying, okay, they can fall back. Last right. year, we were almost in the play. We were in the playoff race. Like we, we, right. we, had, we had a chance in the playoff race. If Ryan Howard takes another step this year, where are we? We're looking at we're looking at being a mid-tier playoff team. We're looking at a chance to get to the second round. We're looking at a chance to maybe make a run in the playoffs. And so I think I'm not sure it's smart. I'm not saying it's smart. Right. But it's cool. It is. And it's something that like I think takes some guts and and maybe some knowledge. Maybe some knowledge yeah. on Dan Padover's part to understand, you know, where this league is going and, and to take a bold step like this in acquiring Alicia Gray. And I think there's gonna be more from them, like I said. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. And I also think when you have, um, you know, high risk, high reward, you know, that's not Mm -hmm. just on the court, right? That's off the court, making business moves that way. 
um, and having hope that it will work out like that. Right. And, and like you said, make that rise that they want, take that jump that they want to take. Um, with the players remaining on the roster, I think they have uh, a, a big time chance to to make that leap, especially adding a player like Alicia Gray. I mean, we're talking about her defensive energy, but you know she's a capable scorer as well. Let's not oh. forget the lefty. You know, as she's tough. You know, a, a tough cover, a tough matchup. Um, and the way that she plays defense and the way that she gets out into, you know, the open court, I mean, that's that's a tough cover for a, for a lot of teams, which is why she's been able to sustain herself in the league. But, again, it's like high risk, high reward. That's what I like to say um, in situations like that. But I also, you know, glass half full. That's me, you know. And it's you too, I think, to a certain extent. Um, yeah. It's you too. But I think when you have that, that level of hope and um, expectation – I think a lot of a lot of things come from that. Right. No, I think uh, yeah, it's just gonna be it's gonna be crazy this year. Yeah. This year's gonna be crazy. And the in the next like, yeah. so free agency officially begins in two days. Yes. This this might be the biggest one. Yeah. Yeah. This is might a get. massive. This is like a huge free agency year. I mean, clearly, right? With um, with a lot of players in LA still not signed too. You're talking yeah. about, you know, Lexington we haven't talked about, I was going to say, we haven't talked about LA in the LA perspective of it. Their entire, almost their entire roster is like free agent. I, I don't know. Like, I think they're still like, we've only seen a little mm-hmm. of what is going to happen in the next couple of days in the WNBA. And there's going to be a lot of new faces in new places. So all my spotting boards I had <laughs> last year, are going to have to just redo them all because it's, you know, there's going to be so many different teams, like yeah. so many different faces on different teams, right? Let's see. Yeah. I mean, let me, I mean, I'm trying to throw out stuff to see what could happen. Cause like, I don't know. I've, I've, I, have I mentioned Stewart to Vegas? I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I don't think Stewart uh, to Vegas, but I, I have more, I have more trust that Stewart will go to New York than Stewart going to Vegas. And I, and I, and you've convinced me of that. Uh, the huh. threat of film, so it's loud. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I was wondering what you were looking at. I know. I was like, "Oh gosh," but it's not too bad. So sorry. Pardon me. But I see, I see Stewie going there. Other than I see her going to New York, not Vegas. So. Yeah, because you're saying it's in Seattle for another year. I mean, uh, there's a crazy idea that uh, Jewel Lloyd could get traded today, and then they could core Brianna Stewart. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen because then, like, if you really want Stewart to be there by herself, mad at you, you know? Um, I don't think so. So, I don't know. It's going to be crazy. This this is going to be crazy uh, free agency, I think, more so than than other ones. Um, And we'll see. I mean, because we already had an MVP move. Maybe we we could have – because Candace Park is a free agent. We have uh, Brandon Stewart. I don't think Candace wants to stay on. Candace was like – I don't think Candace is going with, but I also didn't think she was leaving LA. So, so. Well, how about, how about oh, yeah. this? How about, how about, how about, uh, how about start a, another rumor unsubstantiated by the way? Just, okay. Just, unsubstantiated. Uh, Candace sure. Parker to Vegas. Let's get that going. Oh my God. <laughs> hey, That'd be tight. you guys are watching this, say, put it in the comments. So you, <laughs> do you think that could happen? Cause I personally, I, I didn't see her going back to Chicago. I'm glad she did because wow, she won a championship back in her hometown priceless mm-hmm. situation i just don't think she's gonna leave out of there at this point if she were maybe eight years ago 
and she just won a yeah. championship. I mean, that's what LeBron did, right? Like he went back True. to Cleveland and then he left again. I yeah. So saying that, I can see a, this much credence to Candace to Vegas, but I just but if, she, if, she, if there's no one like today, like her family. If Chicago like loses Courtney Vandersloot, I just don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah. Like, are, you know, how much can they compete? And, and, and Azari Stevens has teams like flying out to Turkey to visit her. And so she may be priced out of their market as well. Right. And so if it, if it all happens at once, you know, we could see a situation where Chicago Sky are just kind of, you know, they look around and suddenly their whole team's gone. Now Kansas sure. is saying, well, why am I going to go back here? to, she, like, <laughs> exactly. I want to play for a title and exactly. I could do that elsewhere. How about, how about Kansas to DC? Actually, I don't think that one's going to happen. Candace to DC, I know my kids would like pass out if that happens because you know they're major fans of hers. So, but that's that's three MVPs. So we have John Cole Jones on the move, we have Candace Parker on the move, and we have uh, Brianna Stewart on the move. If if things get crazy, if things get crazy, if someone if things get crazy, this is a question probably for like Richard or Curtis. But if any WNBA like historians out there, like has there ever been an off season where three MVPs move? Oh, Tina Charles uh, is a free agent too. Ah. Uh, so four. That's four. That's wow. Four. I think that's a question we need to put on on Twitter with this with this, uh, post, right? I think I think it's. A I good don't think yeah. there's ever been. I don't think there's ever been four. I mean, there's oh, barely been. One. To be honest, Sorry, like yeah. there's barely been one, Gabe. Right? Am I right? Uh, I mean, in an off season, let's see. No, I think because because Tina Tina and Candace moved in the same one, so it's probably okay. around. I just, it, it's probably around two at the very, I remember two off seasons in which two MVPs changed teams. Cause I was a Candace, Tina. Yes. Yes. So. Okay. I think if we had three or even four with Tina. Four. Uh, four is massive. Four is crazy. That's probably the most. Four is crazy. Four former MVPs moving. Can you imagine that in the, in the NBA? Like, has that ever happened? I don't, I don't know. No, I don't I'm know. just saying, like, that's that's very uncommon. Either. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And it's like, it, it's intriguing, right? Because well, no one in the NBA, no one has signs free agent deals anymore because they, they've they've learned yeah. that they could just get the, all the money and then uh, request a trade later. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is after the fact. Smart. Smart. Right. But speaking of MVPs, uh, <laughs> we'll be talking about the offseason all, all offseason and it actually yeah. starts next week. So we, want, we may have real contracts to talk about next week. Yeah. Um, but we right. just had trades this week. But I want to talk about another MVP, uh, okay. Maya Moore. I mean, she she hasn't played in a long that? time. How about that, man? And she officially retires. And I think, you know, as any time is, it's a great time to just give her her flowers and, and talk yeah. a little bit about her greatness, both on and off the court. Oh, just phenomenal. And I think what was funny to me was, <clears throat> what was funny to me was Sid Colson's tweet. Yeah. He said, Oh, only Maya Moore could take, you know, six years to decide that she was going to retire after she opened up three law firms, a nursery school, had five kids, even though she just had a <laughs> baby. But I thought it was so funny because it's like, I don't know, six year gap is, is a long time to mull over things. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, it's hard for me to make decisions, you know, a lot, clearly. Um, if that were if people had uh, that as being a favorite thing, me um, being put on the spot. And like, <laughs> uh, so, but for Maya Moore, you know, to maybe be thinking, like you said, we were talking before we got on here. And like you said, like maybe speculating, uh, could I actually make a return to the court? 
uh, you know, maybe she was thinking that, but now just to have it finalized and to have her say like, Hey, that's it for me. Wow. After six years and, you know, in those six years, imagine if she would have continued to play. She was in her prime when she stepped off, you know, stepped away. And we didn't know how long she would step away. And it wasn't a retirement at that point. Right. But wow. For it to be six years and then to make that decision, I get it. Oh yeah. Wow. It's like the unknown of that is like, it's always going to kind of pique my interest. Like, dang, I wonder if what would have happened in Minnesota or wherever else, right. If she would have moved, what would have happened during that time in the league? Yeah. I would. I mean, I, I just wonder how many times she thought like, Hey, maybe I can come back. Like maybe I can come back for like, I'm not going to show, I'm not showing up to training camp. I'm not showing up to the first half of the season. Like right. I'll show up for the second half of the season, in the playoffs, but like, right. I, I can still go. I wonder, I wonder how many times she thought about that. But like, a I, lot. You know, I'm she, sure a lot. Listen, I'm sure yeah. a lot. I'm sure a lot. And then, but she, you know, having a baby, that's, that's always, you know, and, and not just physically, but mentally that's, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a tough emotional pull. That's a soul pull. Like you can't, that's not like, Oh, it's a decision. No, that's like, that's a mammalistic <laughs> like emotional pull from uh, the middle of the earth or whatever. But uh, yeah. I, I think that when you have, um, when you have those decisions to make, I, I guess she needed a, a finality, you know, no. of yeah. that. Well, I think the, I think the links, yeah. the links wanted it to happen too, just cause you know, yes. if she never, you, you know, cause there has been like every time and, and we did it the first yeah. couple off seasons, like legitimately like wondering, Hey, maybe my more comes back. Um, right. And then it became, you know, this off this past one, we were just joking about it, but she come back. But I think the team wanted it to happen because now they can celebrate her and say, she officially retired. We're going to put her na- number up in the rafters with the, you know, everyone else from that era with Sylvia, yeah. with, with uh, Brunson, with, you know, Waylon, yeah. the, the whole crowd, like get her up in the rafters and, um, you know, yeah. just to, just to have the finale and the moment of, of giving her flowers. And, you know, I think you said soul pool there and talking about yeah. her children. And I think she, that's what took her away from the game of basketball. I remember um, like in the first se- first off season that Maya had taken her, her leave, mm-hmm. uh, someone asked uh, Cheryl Reeve about it. And Cheryl Reeve said, it's not a basketball thing. Like it's a spiritual See? thing. It's a spiritual thing that was happening. And like, you know, her, yeah. her spirit took her somewhere else. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm sad as a basketball fan because she's the great. Hey, I understand y'all got other arguments. For me, she was the greatest to ever do it. I mean, you look at the numbers, you look at tape, you look at everything she did at every single level, every everything she yeah. could do, and how she could fit into any era, any scheme, anything you ever want to do, both offensively, defensively. Like, and a player who is just as good offensively as she was defensively. Um, yeah. Kind of like the air, the air to Tamika Catchings, and then she took what uh, Catch had and just and just you know pushed it even further. Uh, so that's why she's my goat. Um, yeah, you know, I, I obviously I respect everyone's choices, but you know, so yeah, from a basketball perspective, I'm sad we missed out, but uh, I think yeah. the world probably got something a little bit more out of that, um, out of, out of Maya Moore's doing what she did than uh, than we did okay. on the basketball court. Oh uh, no, no question about it. And when you talk about her full body of work, you know, from being from right outside Atlanta, and then mm-hmm. going to UConn and having the career that she did there. And then going to Minnesota and just being that savant of a player, like just smooth yeah. and just so crafty and strong and smart and oh, 
she was just a, a beautiful player to watch. It's like artwork, you know what I mean? It's like a, a pianist at, at their prime and just, oh, everything was just so rhythmic and so um, so smooth, I guess. I can't get off the word smooth, but it was just so effortless for Maya Moore when she was playing the game, but she was also a fierce competitor. Like yeah. she did it like this, but it was like this, like the force of her game was just unmatched, unmatched, unmatched. But that's who she is as a person. And so when she stepped away, the force of her humanity changed the chapter of her, of her book. Um, right. Which I hope she does write a book because how inspirational is that? She did. Oh, talk to me. It came out. I, I think that's kind of, well, not to be simple, I missed, but I, I think that's kind of the reason why she officially retired was because there's a book coming. There's, there's a book. Uh, she announced oh. that a book's coming out. Okay. Yeah. Shoot. I missed that. Sorry, people. I'm usually up on. No, it just came. Been, it came out with her announcement. Like it was oh, all, it was okay, all one thing. Okay. So she officially retired. Like, oh, she went to Good Morning America to promote the book and. Yeah. Oh shoot! I missed. You know what? I I apologize. I that's a couple days ago, uh, <laughs> but I I missed the uh, the book news. But well, I mean that's. I mean I don't even know that. But go ahead and plug the book without even knowing I was plugging hey, the geez. book. Yeah, that was a great plug. Yeah, yeah. cut that and send that. Go get that book because hey. I'm telling you that's that's a blueprint right there, um, of how to do it and how to do it the right way and and how to live by following your heart. And that's not always easy. Trust and believe me, because boy, you keep living and you're going to keep coming up against making those kinds of tough decisions. And you know how much she loved the game. You know how much she poured into it. Olympic gold medalist several times. Like, like that's, that's tough to put down. That's tough to put down. But again, the soul pull of it all, you know, uh, you know, motherhood, um, but also humanity and, and doing what's right for others. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the compassion piece for Maya Moore is unmatched as well. Um, not about her, not about her. It's about the greater good always has been, always will be. And now, you know, when you read her book, <laughs> you can follow along. I mean, honestly, like that's, that's the life path that, um, that is, uh, it's just uncommon. Oh yeah. It's an un no, she... uncommon life path. Um, so that's, that's why it's so inspirational because not everybody could do that. She's the uh, type of person who, can succeed at anything and decides to use their talents to help other people. That's pretty cool. Great. I mean, that's like, great. can't get much better. And, you know, so we just wanted to give my, her flowers. Um, yeah. Speaking of giving flowers, I get two, I get two more bits of news. Cause I do, we got to move on to college basketball. Cause a lot happened. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sue Bird, Jersey retirement on June 11th. So we'll, we'll give Sue her flowers Go again. Ahead, um, and then WNBA is going to be in Toronto sky versus links preseason on May 13th. I love so that. Going to the going to the north. Shouts to Karina, our our, our friend yeah. over on Spread the Floor uh, in Toronto. She's going to be able to get a real game. Yeah, that's super yeah. awesome. And then the All Star so, game. All Star games in Vegas. Vegas. Vegas here. Yeah. Are you going? Yeah. I don't know yet. We'll see. I don't know yet either. But I want to go. <laughs> we'll see how much money I, I waste at the uh, at the Final Four in Dallas. There you go. I want to go, but we'll see what it looks like. Well, let's see. I, I do want to go though. I think I think it'll happen. I think I think we'll make it happen. Um, let's let's uh, let's talk college basketball, college hoops. Yeah. Uh, huge, huge, massive, like seismic changes <laughs> in the world of college basketball. I want to start at the top. Uh, Stanford loses to uh, Southern Cal, and you know I put USC in the little banner thing that we have here on YouTube. Uh -huh. 
And I thought better of it because I was like, well, USC, because I said this, I said this to uh, oh, Emily, my wife the other night. I was like, oh, Stanford lost to USC. And she goes, which USC? I was like, ah, uh, see, that's in women's basketball. Yeah, you know, you got you to gotta fine tooth comb that thing. That's right. In our world, in our world, USC is uh, is is uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks. Southern Cal, though, huge win. Big Huge win. win against Stanford at home. Uh, yeah. It was 55-46, kind of a rock fight, kind of an ugly game. Uh, yeah. But Destiny Littleton, a former South Carolina Gamecock, 18 points, yeah. put the game away in the second half for uh, the Trojans, and, and they score a huge upset. Yeah, I mean, that was amazing uh, that they were able to sustain it. You know, I, I think I was on a game that day, but we were side-eyeing that score like yeah. – Stanford's still losing. We were like, oh, Stanford's still losing. So it was um, – It was on Tuesday. It was interesting. I think um, the shots weren't falling. Um, Brink, I think she was off in the first half anyway. I think she she collected herself in the second half a little bit, but I think she had mm-hmm. a really rough go of it um, in that first half. I, I believe she only made two shots, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. in that in that first half. But, um, but it's about, you know, being able to sustain it. So you have to give Southern Cal credit for being able to sustain their lead and, and their defense. 46 yeah. points for Stanford. Like they held, the them, to, time that happened? They held them to 30.9% uh, from the field. And like, you know, Stanford is a team that lives at the rim and, and they just couldn't get there. And they, they ended up taking too many threes. I mean, they went four of 21 from three and also 14 turnovers um, yeah. for Stanford. And, you know, I, obviously a huge one for USC. Um, yeah. but I don't, I'm not sure this is that big of an aberration for Stanford. Like they have continued to struggle in the last two years with not having a point guard and their offense kind of, you know, stagnating at times, being able to be, you know, crushed at times like they were in this game. And so I'm just like a little concerned about Stanford. They fall to number four in the polls. Also their first PAC 12 loss since January 22nd, 2021 mm-hmm. versus UCLA. So first wow. one in like two years, um, just a, a really shocking loss and a huge win for USC, though. I mean, good yeah. for them. That's a Major. that's a that's a great win, especially for Destiny Littleton, a player who um, yeah. never never really got to to take the reins over in South Carolina because of all the great players there. And she comes and shows why she was there, why she was uh, in South Carolina in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. But what that what that loss did for Stanford, it moved Ohio State up to number two in the country. At 19 and 0, Kevin McGuffin, his squad, I mean, the dub chain is, is alive in Columbus. That's what I keep saying, man. They got 19 dub chains that they've given out. Uh, but it's just been a phenomenal season for them. And they haven't even had a healthy roster. That's Max Green's say. been out. And uh, JC Sheldon, she's been out. Um, but they've still been able to culturally thrive. Uh, and and really play great basketball. Well, and there and you know for them to be this good without you know their best player. I mean, no no shade to anyone else on the team, but Jason yeah, Sheldon's yeah. the best player on the team. Um, yeah. But she hasn't played. She's only playing five games this year, and they've been just rolling over teams. I mean, they beat they, they uh, beat Northwestern by thirty. You know, uh, Illinois though that was a close game. Did you do that game? Or, I did or not do won? that game yet. I haven't yeah. had Ohio State yet, so hopefully ah. soon. Shauna Green was Shauna Green was on the podcast with Dano and Ice and Calvin okay. the other day. Really good okay. podcast. Y'all should check it out. It's super fun. Ah, um, I, guess. I love but Shauna. Shauna, fun, fun coach. Uh, just you know, obviously Ohio State's a good team, uh, and they and they dropped one to them. I think uh, they Illinois. Yeah, Illinois just dropped another one to Indiana. 
So maybe that was yeah. the game I was thinking about. Yeah, um, and Mackenzie Holmes had 30 and 10 in that game, by the way. That's so the big Big Ten is is keeping strong. Um yeah. and well, I do want to talk about one Big Ten team really quick. Uh-uh. Did you see the end of the Iowa-Michigan State game? I did, but I'm not live, but I saw the clips of it. I saw the and, clips of it. Yeah, because I, I had, I was like in route or, no, I was at uh, my daughter's game. Yeah, I was at Georgetown game. When they beat DePaul, by the way. Yeah, yeah smack good. DePaul. But that's where um, I was. Uh, but I did see the clips afterwards, and I was like, wow, that was super traumatic. What did you think of it? I, I mean, Caitlin Clark is the most exciting player in basketball. And it's not just because of everything she does well for her team. It's also because just some of the stuff that happens when she's on the court is insane. I don't know. Like, I'm not sure it's because of her or like, there's just some sort of like weird aura of like, things are going to go crazy when Caitlin Clark's on the floor. <laughs> and like the end of that game was just such a, an amazing, like example of that. Yeah. Um, you know, cause uh, it's just, <laughs> I don't, I don't even know how to describe um, what happened because it was just so weird. Um, yeah, and, and they and Iowa ends up winning it, keeping their top ten ranking. So good for them, but yeah, just crazy game. Close overtime. Ooh we Michigan State. I mean, they gave them they gave them a game, and you know, Michigan State beat Indiana. So it's like what you're saying in in Big Ten play with six teams in the top twenty five. It makes a big difference when you're battling each other throughout the season and we're not even into the thick of the conference season yet. And we've had these games like Nebraska beat Maryland and now they have a rematch on Sunday, you know, this weekend. And so it's, it's beginning. Like we're, we're not talking about jockeying for uh, seedings and all that in the tournament, but, but are we though? You know what I mean? Like, is it starting now? I I think it is. Um, We're having ranked matchups. You know, we're having big ranked matchups that are going to be on your resume. You know, when we look at the at the teams in, that make the tournament, you got to have some of those ranked wins, and, and teams are starting to pile yeah. those up. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about the number three team in the country? Because you said, uh, obviously, Ohio State's number two. I yeah. think it's time for us to talk about LSU, finally. Yeah. So they beat Arkansas. Arkansas is a good team, second time they beat in this year, and they have a pretty good win against uh, – Oregon State. So it, we can't say they ain't played nobody anymore, I don't think. I don't think no. that's quite fair. Um, no. They've played people, and Angel Reese has been an absolute monster yeah. in every game she's played. They're 19-0, and too. How real do you think they are? I think it's becoming more clear how real they are. <laughs> I yeah. think um, they're meshing chemistry-wise, but, I mean, Angel Reese is uh, a phenom when it comes right. to double-doubles when it comes to her motor on the glass, when it comes to her ability to score uh, and and understanding how she can score, I guess is the biggest thing. But mm-hmm. she's the first player at LSU since Sylvia Fowles to have 19 consecutive double-doubles. I saw that uh, yesterday. Good company. I mean, that's major company. But just think of the upside that Angel Reese has right now and um, what she's been able to do with this team. I think it gives them a level of confidence to have a player who – is a reliable double double every night. Like that's just expected. Like anything less than that is like a surprise. Um, but I think legit number three, I mean, they rose up from being down in the twenties, you know, in the yeah. ranking because they hadn't played anybody in the non-conference um, portion of the season that was ranked. Um, but then now, you know, now they're starting to, to gain that, that proper momentum and that's what you want. 
right now um, once they get into the thick of it. And, um, you know, when is that South Carolina game? That's what uh, I want. <laughs> that's, that's, yep. I want to see Boston and Reese. Give me that Boston and Reese game. It let me know because I'll order some wings oh. for that game, and I'm just going to sit there with some popcorn and some cranberry juice and uh, with a lime and no ice, and I'm going to have a really great day whenever that is because that's going to be it, the best game of the year. And and February twelfth, yes. February twelfth. Circle that thing. Remind February twelfth. I'm going to put it in my phone. It remind yeah. me of that. So it'll be on ESPN. It's uh, I think that's a Sunday. February 12th. So we're going to be watching that. That's, that's going to be the game of the year. And well, you know, maybe, so, maybe a preview, you know? Seriously. So here, 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 like, here's a, we have seen Angel Reese and, and uh, Aaliyah Boston go at it. And uh, Aaliyah Boston got the, got the better on that matchup. Um, but that's a different system out there in, in Maryland. And then uh, Angel's in and LSU. And LSU has an amazing backcourt. I mean, Morrison Johnson put on a show last right. night. They both have yeah. really insane, like incredible moves, get to the rim, huge buckets, creating big turnovers. I did think I watched I watched the Arkansas game. Obviously, we picked you know sad sad for me. I mean, Michaela Daniels though, Michaela Daniels, Aaron Barnum. Those those seniors have been doing it for a long time for Mike Neighbors. This is not going to be an Arkansas podcast. I understand, but we'll <laughs> pick. Here he goes, y'all. Hey, but they gave look. They gave LSU their first like close game this season. Pass. Right, I think yeah. that means something. Uh, both That's from true. Arkansas's perspective, but also from LSU's perspective, getting a close win against a good team in Arkansas. Is the first yeah. step to getting a close win against a great team in like South Carolina or whoever you play in the tournament. The only issue for LSU is like they, you know, the this is a down year for the SEC. Uh, only two ranked teams. There's only LSU and South Carolina ranked. Not that there's not good teams. Tennessee's right. a pretty good team. Ole Miss is a pretty good team. Uh, obviously, Arkansas is a good team, but it's not the tops, right? It's not the Big Ten where we're talking about these teams. Right. It's just a gauntlet. So I'm, I want to see LSU get tested a few more times because I did think they kind of tried to give away that game away at times. You know, just like right. you know, someone ta- uh, someone taking off when they shouldn't as a in, in the fast break and then getting trapped or throwing a pass over someone's head or, you know, just like, you know, mistakes where you're, you're a little excited about the moment. Um, right. I think they can get it cleaned up but they're going to need chances to get kinged up. So they need a close game against South Carolina need uh, and then be able to beat everyone else on their schedule. But I, I don't think they're – I'm going to make a prediction. You can make a prediction here. Too. Okay. Okay. I don't think they're going to beat South Carolina. And on it, and they might get steamrolled by South Carolina. I won't predict yeah. that. I think South Carolina wins that game. though. Yeah, I, I do too. I just think um, – I think it'll be close. I don't think it's going to be a like a domination. Yeah. But I think – the confidence level and the continuity and the chemistry, I think, will eventually overpower LSU. Mm-hmm. But I've seen stranger things, <laughs> and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and LSU is a formidable team. I mean, let's, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that to be shady towards them at all. I'm just looking at continuity, chemistry, and experience together. You can't account for that a lot of times. Um, and I don't care what X's and O's you run against it. Sometimes that's a monster that, that you can't operate against until you have it yourselves, right? right? If they had comparable experience and chemistry with one another, I would probably have a different answer. But because maybe they that's don't, next year, maybe that's next year, but because they don't this year, guess what? I'm saying South Carolina has the edge because of those factors. And that's just my personal opinion. That's that's not, you know, a personal attack on anybody. 
So, you know, don't say on Twitter, like, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. It's fine. you, like, listen, everybody has their opinion. I'm allowed my opinion. You're allowed your opinion too. Um, but for me, I go heavy on experience, being the best teacher, experience and continuity, being that leverage piece when it mm -hmm. comes time to win games. Uh, so if this game comes down the line, you know, in the last three minutes and it's a one possession game, I give South Carolina the edge in that instant oh, yeah. because of their experience and chemistry with one another, period. Like yeah. that's, I mean, I think anyone who watches basketball, played basketball, coached basketball will tell you the same thing. I mean, yeah. I'm not just oh, saying yeah. it on a whim. It's not a whim opinion that I'm giving. This it's is not like, a hot take to say. I, I don't think it was a hot, a hot take by me to say to say South Carolina. And like maybe that is next year for LSU. I mean, I just think they're like you said, they're a little inexperienced with each other. And I saw it come out a little bit in that game. And it's not saying not yeah. good. And it's not to say that Angel Reese is not a player of the year candidate. She absolutely should be a player of the year candidate. And right. if they keep up this pace, she she might win the whole thing, right? True. She's been playing amazing basketball. I, I don't think it's 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 not deniable at this point that she should be at least in the conversation and at least in like the favorites category. True. Um, because between, I mean, it's Aaliyah Boston and Caitlin Clark, and and I think it's Angel Reese. It's right there. She's she's right there with them. Um, double, double, so LSU, I mean, yeah. that game's in a couple weeks though. We have we have a couple weeks. So hope, just stay healthy, LSU and South Carolina. Stay healthy for you know win your games, all that. Do do that um, because yeah. we have we have we have to wait a couple weeks. So everyone stay healthy over there. Want to talk about one more game, and we'll get you out of the Wizards practice facility, um, <laughs> Wizards and Mystics practice facility, and the Go Go. Yeah. Shouts out, shouts out to the Go. She's finished now, though. No, anyway, but she's going here. <laughs> I got one game to talk to you about for next week. Okay. And if you have any one, if you have any ones, other ones you want to talk about, that's fine. Okay. But on Thursday, the twenty sixth. That is the twenty sixth. Yes, yes. So this is the twenty sixth. Ohio State at Indiana, <laughs> eight thirty. I'm yeah. not sure where it's on TV, but someone has to get that game on my television. Uh, because that's going to be Ten. the game of the year, big game of the year in the big time right there. Yeah, that's a Big Ten game, Big Ten network game. All right, um, there we go. I have the the game uh, prior to that. It is Maryland and Michigan. So that oh. is a very good doubleheader. Uh, that game is in College Park. So if you're awesome. around, Gabe, you should show up. If you can, if you don't have <laughs> coaching duties. Um, we have, but yeah. We have practice. Oh, darn unfortunately. it. Um, yeah, but you'll make it back for the 830 game. Absolutely. You'll see that. I'll be yeah. I'll be back for the, I'll be back for the Maryland game. I just can't go out all the way to College Park. Oh, all the way, yeah. But that's that's going to be a great night of basketball. I mean, oh, yeah. four ranked teams playing back to back on the Big and Ten you, Network. You got to watch that. Like, and you go. just got to see you got to see Michigan, right? You got to see uh, Ken's Bar Ken Barnes Rico and um, yeah. Who they play Rutgers? They play Rutgers. They, they had Rutgers. I have them on Monday at Indiana. Oh, so you got you're Michigan out. I'm Michigan out. After, I didn't have them all year, and now I have them three in a row. So I'm excited. <laughs> um, but they play some staunch defense. Let me tell you something. They're on a string. And, yes, they don't have Nas Hillman, who is Big yeah. Ten Player of the Year, obviously. But they returned four of their five starters, Gabe. And people keep forgetting. It's not like they lost, like, a litany of, of, of seniors and, you know, starters or, or anything like that. Nas Hillman is a big piece. However, this Michigan team is—they're tough, man. I'm telling you, they're tough-minded, tough-nosed. Um, they score in the paint. That's that's where they won the game uh, yesterday at Rutgers, um, just pounding the ball inside and and finishing in there. 
And I, I just think they did a good job defensively. I mean, I think they're second best in um, scoring defense, just under behind Indiana. Mm-hmm. You know, a 60 a game, I believe. Excuse me, 60, 60.6 is what it was prior to the Rutgers game yesterday, which is a nugget that I have <laughs> laid over uh, here in my in my brain. But, yeah, only giving up like 61 points. And, and they did that with Rutgers yesterday, too. They just totally disrupted them. And, and that's what they've been doing all season. Yeah. No, and then I'm excited for that Michigan-Maryland game. Yeah. And also, so, but it's like this, this week is crazy in the Big Ten because, so we just mentioned India, you just mentioned Michigan. Well, guess who yeah. they have coming into town on Monday? They got Indiana. You got yeah. that's yours, right? I have and that then one. guess who, yeah. guess who Ohio State has coming into town? Iowa. Oh, boy. Yeah. Right before your game. Oh, it's boy. like, oh, that's, so, that's too good. That's two good nights. Like Monday or Thursday, but you, you already know where you need to be. So we got, we got games on Tuesday and Friday. So I'm glad this is, this is working out. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, I'm been able to watch all of the women's college basketball. Um, but that, those, I mean, we could look, be looking at this game, right? This game that we think is like, you know, the monoliths of this conference and the, right. and the best two teams in Indiana and, and Ohio state, the unquestionably best two teams. Right. Yeah. Well, I think if they lose, right, like everyone's back to being tied. Yeah. So if Iowa wins, if Iowa wins, if Iowa beats Ohio State and then Michigan beats Indiana, Ohio State and Iowa are tied at the top of the conference with one loss. And then Michigan, Indiana and Maryland are tied in second with two losses. That's crazy. So That's it's cr- like this conference is is this is this is year. I mean, I think it's very <laughs> clear the Big Ten is the best conference in the country. Um, I mean, yeah. Undeniable. It's undeniable at this point. Yeah, I mean, six teams in the top twenty-five. I mean, that that tells the story right there. And night in, night out, especially this week (laughs) on Monday and Thursday. What four ranked teams playing uh, on Monday? Four ranked teams playing on Thursday. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. And And that Maryland Nebraska game you mentioned on Sunday. And Sunday, you know, the the run it back game uh, between Nebraska and Maryland. (laughs) It's it's amazing in the Big Ten, but it, it's it's really um, gained a lot of traction over the years. But this mm-hmm. is it's always been at least four teams in the top twenty-five. This year, it's been five and six teams uh, on a weekly basis. So um, we're really going to be able to tell tell a lot about all these teams coming up this week. So our our pod next week is going to be really fun because we're going to be breaking down all those games, but it'll be fun. And we're talking about a lot about Michigan. Maybe we should just do a whole. Can Kim Bar- <laughs> just ask Kim Barnes Rico if she wants to hang out on Friday? Like you're going to see her so much. Like just ask her I if know. she has plans on Friday afternoon. Like we'll talk to her. Let's talk some we'll buddies. We'll be buds. Yeah, yeah. Bring yeah but like, I mean, you're gonna be you're gonna be best friends with her by the end of the week. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it's just gonna be an awesome week of basketball. It's gonna be an awesome week of free agency news. A bunch of stuff's gonna happen. I don't know what. I don't have information at the moment. So I we will come back to talk about all of it. Um, and yeah, man. I mean, we're just bat hoops and hoops and, and hoops and, and more hoops. Just hooping. <laughs> I love it. So, well, we got games tonight. The Meridian Mustangs. Oh, you guys have. We have uh, Brentsville, Brentsville District. Ah, good luck, good luck, coach. Good luck, coach. JV got a uh, got got a win after a two game losing streak. So I love it. Tuesday. Get them, get them, get yeah. coach them up, Gabe. Get them, Gabe. We we're we're getting there, and our players our players have worked really hard, and they're great kids. So. That's because they have a great coach. That's how it works. No. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. We're working together. That'd be great. Let's beat Brentsville <laughs> tonight. Go go Mustangs. 
Hey, I love it. I love it. All right. Well, I'm excited. Should I get Tosh to come over here? You want to get some shot? Oh, yeah, I was going to say you should get some well, shots. She's done. She's, she put on her uh, <laughs> her her Converse, but they're low tops now. She changed oh, okay. out of basketball shoes. But maybe uh, maybe I can get her. She's talking to somebody. Maybe I can walk over there and <laughs> say goodbye. Wait, no, much, don't do it. Okay, I won't do it. Well, I'll have her in the background and I'll do it like that. So oh, you want to sign off? off? Actually, no, sign off like that. Then sign off like this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, from Natasha Cloud and, and Gabe Ibrahim and Christy Wonder Scott. They're, they're, they're right there. <laughs> they're right there. <laughs> we don't have to go home, but I personally have to get up out of here. Christy actually has to go home today. <laughs> to go home, actually. <laughs> but hey, thank you guys for joining us for another edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. So for Natasha Cloud. <laughs> And Gabe Ibrahim. <laughs> I'm Christy Winter Scott, and we'll see you next time. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So, whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the US to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement, other restrictions apply.